your news program every morning with up-to-the-minute news and extensive analysis of issues from Korea and abroad. This morning with Alex Jensen on TBS EFM. So over in the United States, the Federal Aviation Authority expects the number of drones to rise to 600,000 within the year, with new safety regulations going into effect last week uh, regarding what's acceptable commercial usage. And there's a whole range of regulations there. Basically, pilots have to be 16 years old. They have to be certified by the FAA. There are daylight considerations. There are camera considerations. Uh, there are also no particular mentions of the sort of regulations that would affect delivery. You know, this could be a big market for the likes of Amazon in the future, but uh, that's still yet to come to fruition, really. So Dr. Alexander Stimson, Humans and Autonomy Lab at the Department of Mechanical Engineering, Duke University, joins us on the line to let us know where the industry's at in the moment. Good morning to you from Seoul. Hey, good morning. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, well, great to have you with us. Um, th The main areas that drones are being used at the moment then, it, it may seem fairly mundane, but quite useful in the area of like real estate and surveying and that sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely. I think most of the, the current uses still fall under the category of aerial photography. And so this covers everything from uh, Hollywood uh, uses of drones all the way to disaster response and imaging of disaster areas to uh, insurance purposes or, or real estate, as you mentioned. That's still really the main area. We're, we're definitely seeing a lot of increases, still particularly in the area of imaging, but in agriculture. Um, we're also seeing uses of drones in scientific research. So in terms of conservation, so we're seeing them used for anti-poaching type approaches. We're also seeing them used for wildlife population monitoring uh, they're being used for weather monitoring, hurricane prediction, and, and a, a, lot of, a lot of different types of scientific uses as well. And, and it's sheer numbers, really, that forces the FAA's hand here, I presume. Uh, yes, absolutely. As well as the, the price points uh, on these vehicles are come, continuing to come down, and the increase in autonomy on the vehicles basically make it so that the traditional requirements of having a high skill as a pilot start to be diminished, and so you can have more players uh, entering this space. Now, as far as these latest regulations are concerned, though, um, I was slightly confused by one that uh, suggested that the pilot would have to remain within sight of the drone and that uh, point-of-view cameras would be banned when that's seemingly the whole point of drones, the sort of images that we see uh, online anyway coming from drones of that nature. And that seems to be also the main appeal for for customers. They, they want to go and uh, stick a camera on there, a GoPro or whatever it happens to be, and, and capture images or videos that they're not able to usually. Yes, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's one of these cases where that the FAA, of course, uh, has been dragging their feet on rele releasing these new regulations anyway, and they're really tiptoeing into the space. Uh, and so, and so what you're seeing as part of these regulations is that they are, they are opening up for very basic commercial uses of, of drones, but they're still keeping a very tight grip on, on the more extensive uses, which would require beyond line of sight operations, nighttime operations, and some of these types of things. 
Yeah, I mean, especially when we were talking about Hollywood before, and and as I said, maybe just more adventurous amateur uh, cameramen that they would have to look at those regulations very closely. Presumably, are, are there special waivers though as well? Uh, yes, you you are allowed to apply for waivers to certain certain portions of the of the new. Part 107 rulings. Uh, it's, it's basically done at this point on a case by case basis, and so there you can't be have any assumptions over whether your waiver would be approved. And they also do distinguish that such waivers uh, do not include uh, doing delivery operations. Is there concern about privacy with so many drones up in the sky, aside from the basic safety of them avoiding a collision? Well, I mean, at some level, there there certainly is. Uh, it, there's all the companies that I'm aware of that are in operations. One of the the typical things that they have as part of their uh, their proposed product are data management plans and indications of how they're using the data that's being collected. Uh, now, while the the new FAA regulations do not specify any particular requirements around privacy or handling of data, they say that you know, that was outside the scope of of these particular regulations. You know, it is of course acknowledged that. That, that can be an issue. I would say in general, though, from what we're seeing from drone operations, so the, the, the new regulations apply to commercial operation of drones, and it's really not the commercial players that we're worried too much about as being bad actors in terms of privacy. It's really the hobbyist drones who do not fall under these regulations. And so finding a method of enforcement, uh, of identification and enforcement for those is a, is a more challenging problem. They've started down that path in terms of regi- uh, forced registration or, or required registration of drones, but the enforcement arm still ends up being a difficult challenge. Yeah, well, it's worth re-emphasizing that point that hobbyists will uh, still be operating around these regulations. And um, indeed, when we talk about uh, trying to find a, a framework that covers safety, it seems like uh, this is not quite there yet, is it? I mean... How confident are you, for example, about the future of this industry with hobbyists sending drones up into the sky alongside commercial operators, alongside potential delivery drones in the future? Well, it's definitely a really big challenge, and it's one of those that, that, you know, to this point, even from a technical perspective, hasn't really been properly addressed. And so the, the, the large-scale rollout that companies like Amazon are hoping for, there's still a lot of requirements in terms of how to integrate uh, detect and avoid technologies and, uh, and integration with air traffic control systems in order to properly maintain safety over, over these large, large drone applications. Mm. And you know, a lot of what those are are going to come down to requirements that are imposed on the vehicles and the capabilities, uh, say the autonomy that's, on, that's required to be on, to, on board the vehicle. Um, but but those regula- you know, certainly the regulations are not in place yet, as well as in some cases in terms of how these large networks of vehicles are going to be managed uh, and how are they going to be protected against uh, you know, hacking approaches and so on. That's still definitely a largely unanswered question. Um, as far as hobbyists and even potentially professional drone racers in the future are concerned, what do you make of the trend of indoor drone arenas to to at least take some of this game out 
well, literally inside, outside of the outside. Um, last month, for example, Yongin, uh, south of Seoul, we saw a drone arena catch headlines. And it looks incredible uh, and actually a lot of fun as well. Do you think that would be enough to, to kind of discourage people from viewing our skies as a free-for-all? Oh yeah, I mean, I definitely think that it, as a as an industry, the indoor arena aspect, you know, it will it will continue to grow as as you know. Part of it is to get out from under the the heel of of the tight regulations, at least here in the U.S. Um, but part of it is also, I mean, it, it, if you have drone safe spaces that you can operate, then for the the hobbyists, it may encourage them to uh, to operate within those spaces. Now that being said. Part of when we're referring to trying to remove the the hobbyists and the dangers associated with those is potentially dealing with bad actors. Um, and in, the, and in that case, the bad actors, of course, are going to ignore the designated facilities and continue to uh, to operate wherever they want to. Indeed. Well, Dr. Simpson, thanks for giving us a, an overview of where we're at with that at the moment. It's certainly an exciting area. I'm sure for a lot of companies involved as well. And uh, aviation authorities have their work cut out for now. Uh, good to have you on the line. Great, thank you very much. Dr. Alexander Stimson there from Duke University. Our email remains open to you, EFM this morning at gmail.com. You can also uh, tweet us at EFM this morning or send us a message via Facebook, www.facebook.com forward slash EFM this morning.